Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our big island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha, good morning. Welcome to Island Conversations. Sunday's Island Conversations is on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on KWXX and B93, B97. And the interviews rebroadcast the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. And you may always find Island Conversations as a podcast wherever you get podcasts and at kwxx.com and at b97hawaii.com. County Council District 5 is what I call Upper into Lower Puna and is today represented by Council Member Matt Kanaeli Kleinfelder. But in our November 3rd election, which is all by mail, Ikaika Rodenhurst is also running for the job and he is going to be on the ballot in the November 3rd election. He and Mr. Kanaeli E. Kleinfelder were separated by only 305 votes out of 5,000 votes, so this could be a close race. Mr. Rodenhurst is my guest today. Aloha, e. Kaika. Aloha, Sherry, and, and mahalo for having me here. It's an honor to be here, and I'm grateful for the opportunity to uh, have my voice heard uh, by Puna and the rest of Hawaii County. Well, you know, you say the rest of Hawaii County, and although the only people who get to vote for you or Matt are people who live in the Puna Council District 5, but the fact is we have nine council members. Together, they jointly determine the fate of a lot of the legislation that our island will have. So, yeah, everybody should care who all of the council members are. On your website, Ikaika, you say that you're a married father of three. You live in Hawaiian Acres with your wife, Gabby. You're a civil engineer, and you've been working in the Puna District in that capacity. You serve on the worship team at Sure Foundation Puna, and you are also an assistant coach for the, or you were an assistant coach for the 2019 Hilo High School Division I State Football Championship team. And of course, you're probably not seeing any football right now, are you? No, un- unfortunately, with COVID, football's been put on hold, so it's it's been difficult for the kids as well as the rest of the coaches and the community that has a strong passion for football. And we're just trying to find a way to move safely forward with that and, and get football back in, again, safely as possible. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what everybody wants. Now, I read some of the things from your bio, but give us a little more. Tell us about yourself. Where were you born and raised? Where did you go to school? What's your education? Just give us a little better picture of Ikaika Rodenhurst. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Kailua, Oahu, originally, born and raised. Graduated from Kamehameha Kapalama, and I attended Oregon State University right after pursuing a degree in mechanical engineering and uh, playing football up there. And after a couple years, my family had some issues that they needed help with, so I transferred back home, uh, enrolled at UH Manoa, and changed my major to civil engineering, and walked on the football team. And from there, I, I graduated with a degree in civil engineering and uh, pursued a career in construction management. And ever since then, I've been involved with county and state roadways projects, as well as, you know, I've always been passionate for music. I play music from a young age. My, my mother taught me piano, and from there I learned how to play ukulele and a little bit of guitar, but my passion's always been for playing bass. So moving forward, I've, I've always played bass over the years, some of my, my favorite music styles are heavy on bass, whether it be reggae, hip-hop, uh, local Hawaiian music. 
And that's really how I like to center myself is through music. And it, it really calms me and gets me in a, in a good place, as well as uh, my kids. My kids love music. They're beginning to become musically talented, sometimes with either drums or other things. And I'm really stoked about their future and, and what they're going to do with that. Even the three-year-old? Is the three-year-old adept with drums? I he, hope not. <laughs> he is really... Uh, actually, he's taken to the bass. He always comes up to me and, and tries to carry my bass. And it's it's fun because I'm afraid that he's going to drop it on his toe or something. But he, he's a champ and he, he holds on to it and he starts jamming out. And sometimes I'm a little jealous because uh, it sounds better than some of the stuff I can put out. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And you have two other children besides the three-year-old. How old are they? Yes. One is nine and one's about to be ten. My, my two girls, they're they are awesome. They're, they're very opposite. One's very uh, reluctant. The other one's very aggressive. But together, they're, they're very caring and, and they have a great personality. They're, they're very active. Um, and very creative. I love I love some of the things they put out with art or even with technology. You know, nowadays technology is such a big thing in our community and our lifestyle. And it's crazy how these kids adapt to technology so quickly. I know. I wish I did sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ikaika Rodenhurst, why did you decide to run for county council? You know, I decided to run because I love Puna. This is the place I chose to raise my family. This is where we put our roots down. And I've been involved with the community over the years, whether it be through my capacity as a civil engineer doing construction projects or as a volunteer at the church working with the youth and the community or as a football coach and coaching some of these kids. Even though I was at Hilo High, a lot of the kids that that go there are also um, from the Puna community or we've also have kids that that play that they attend Navahi and learning their experiences and some of the issues they face has shown me what we face as a community in Pune. And I've just been looking around for years and not seeing a lot of improvements. It's been frustrating that these same issues come up year after year and there's not a whole lot getting done about it. And one of the the, the lessons I teach my kids are, if you're going to complain about something, do something about it. And so as the complaints stacked up, I realized I, I have the skill set. I have the the ability to do something about this. Why not get up there and do something and, and teach my kids? It's not just something I say, it's something I do. Well, what are the things that you've seen that you think you can make a difference in? Well, we've always had issues with public safety and with especially crime. Um, you know, a lot of there's a lot of theft, a lot of violent crime. It's either in the news or in the community. You can look it up on Big Island Thieves. You can see it in our, our news updates. And what that shows me is, is we we have we have to step it up as a community. Our our police are understaffed; um, they're stretched thin, and we need to support them in all ways we can in our community as community leaders, as as community residents, and communicate between those people in the community, the police, and our government. So we're all working effectively to tackle this job because it's not something that's that's going to be one-sided. We can't expect the police to do it by themselves. We need to help them out. Well, you know, in the last budget cycle, Hawaii County Mayor Harry Kim did add 10 police officers specifically for the Puna District, and that was in the budget, and that is a good thing because obviously Puna needs it. But what else do you think should be done? Is it just more police, or is it, you know, you talk about the community working with. What would you like to see the community do differently to support the police? You know, the police, they're, they're limited by the amount of police force in the community, and we have such a, a wide-ranging area and a wide range of accessibility through our, 
our roads and, and even the connectivity. I mean, the, I've heard stories of officers responding to calls and having to come right back up the road to call for backup, call for emergency services because they don't have the connectivity. They can't be reached. So it's a multifaceted problem that's going to require community input, community efforts, and efforts from our leaders at the county and state level. You are a civil engineer. Tell us about how that is going to influence what you would like to do in County Council 5 if you are elected. Yeah, so I'm a licensed civil engineer, and my experiences with roadways projects has shown me how these projects get done and what our transportation needs are. And it's not necessarily only transportations with roads, it's infrastructure, it's access to clean water, it's access to electricity, it's access to connectivity through our internet services. Puna is a rural area and we do not have reliable connections all over the place. I mean, you can talk about this to people all the time with the schools. Um, My daughter attends Kale Elementary and there are there are, are these initiatives that they want to provide mobile devices to connect to school for distance learning, which is the way we learn now for the kids. And they can get those devices, but they don't have the connectivity. And that's a problem. We, we don't even have the access available for our kids to learn. And that's a big barrier. And it's going to cause problems, not just today, but for future generations. It's interesting you mentioned connectivity because, for example, I have a friend in Hawaiian Paradise Park. When I go to stay with her, I tell my husband, you can't call me on my cell, or you can, except that I won't be getting any cell calls down there. And that is an issue right now. And as you know, probably the Hawaii County Council, in a resolution introduced by the incumbent in this district, Matt Kanaeli Kleinfelder, rejected the idea of putting in the next generation of wireless service. Right now we have the fourth generation, 4G. There's actually a federal plan to move everybody to 5G. I realize the county council's resolution to not do that doesn't really mean anything. It's non-binding and it won't affect any federal or state rulings. But what should be done to provide the kind of connectivity that you're talking about or what is being done? Since you're an engineer, you probably understand these things way better than I do. Um, yeah, and I was aware of that resolution. In fact, I, I believe I was the lone testifier that was against the resolution. I understand we can discuss the science all day long. It's a long-going debate that's been going on for years now, and it probably will go on for years following this. But currently, there are no scientific studies that have been peer-reviewed and that have shown significant conclusions that it is unsafe. And with that fact in hand, and with the federal uh, acceptance of this technology, we're kind of forced to allow this to happen at, at this point in time because it's out of our control at the county level. Now, I understand there are concerns for safety, and if there's any concerns for safety, we need to discuss them with the appropriate people. We need to partner with our our state representation and our federal representation and get our questions answered and make sure that these companies are being held accountable. Because if there is a safety issue, it needs to be addressed, and we need to make changes. Um, But unless we have that data, we won't know. So I, th- I think that it's very important we get connectivity. Like I mentioned, we need connectivity for our emergency services. Our community in Puna has experienced at least one disaster every year for the past six years. And that just shows how resilient you are. But it also shows that emergencies happen and they don't wait for anybody. We need to be prepared for it. And it's irresponsible 
to have this argument and and how we feel about something that's basically out of our control and getting in the way of it when we need those services during emergencies and to save lives, basically. Being in the county council is, in my view, a huge job, and people have to have significant understanding of legislation, how it's written, just the processes in the county to make things happen. They have to understand the role of the three branches of government. What specifically are you doing to make sure that as a brand new county council member, you would be able to hit the ground running? How are you preparing for the literal challenges of being a county council member? The preparation going into this, like you said, it's it's multifaceted. You have to understand our responsibilities and how the county council works together with the, the various branches in the county, but also how we work together with state agencies, because we're not alone in this. Hawaii is Hawaii. Hawaii County is Hawaii County. And the various agencies overlap. We need to establish communication amongst the different agencies and work together because at this time of COVID, at this time of economic downturn, we need to work together efficiently and make sure we're not wasting time and we're not fighting each other about what's the right way to get done. We need to work together and find a solution to these problems and move forward because it's it's the responsibility of us as leaders to make these decisions for the people. And the people don't deserve to be held hostage to squabbles at our leadership level when they need solutions now. And a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Today we're talking with Ikaika Rodenhurst, who is running for Hawaii County Council District 5, which is upper into lower Puna. Last week we spoke with the incumbent in that district, Matt Kanaeli Kleinfelder. You may hear that interview Wherever you get podcasts, just look for Island Conversations or at kwxx.com or b97hawaii.com. And if you are in District 5, please take the opportunity to learn more about these candidates so you may make an informed choice when we vote. Election Day is Tuesday, November 3rd, but... Hawaii votes by mail, so you'll get your ballot around October 8th to 14th. If you've not gotten it by then, be sure to call the county elections office, and they will make it right. Next week, we're going to be talking about something else on which we're going to be voting, and that is county charter amendments. The League of Women Voters has prepared pro and cons for each of the charter amendments, and we will be joined by League of Women Voters members Donna Oba, Sue Durson, and Tony Withington. Before we get back to Ikaika Rodenhurst, a word from our sponsor, KTA Superstores. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And now back to Ikaika Rodenhurst, who's a candidate for Hawaii County Council District 5, Upper into Lower Puna. What are you doing to learn more about what's going on? Have you met with people in the county, like in the finance department? Have you taken a look at legislation? Have you been attending county council meetings? I realize everything is remote now. Tell us more, because really, I think one of the biggest challenges for any new council member is being able to be effective in the job sooner than later. Yes, and going into this, especially when I decided to run, I did my research on how the county code works, on the county charter, and I have been listening to uh, every committee 
meeting, every county council meeting I can. Uh, very similar to this podcast form, as as it comes out, either where we have the ability to listen to it live, I listen to it. If I don't have the ability to listen to it live, I listen to the recording of it. Um, I'm following up on how these bills are made, how these resolutions are put out, what community involvement is required, um, what responsibilities the county council has and what authority they have and how they interact with the various agencies. I've been meeting with um, f- with folks at state highways. Uh, currently, I work as a consultant in construction management at state highways. I've been meeting with the district engineer. I've met with various people on state highways on what the plans are for state highways in Pune. I'm meeting with Department of Agriculture representatives at UH and discussing what's available, where can we go with agriculture right now, and what's available to kind of fill that gap in our economy that tourism has left and that uncertainty. And I've been working with community leaders and business leaders that know how business works in our county and what's hindering it, what's needed, how do we how do we effectively work in the county safely without over-regulating and, and basically stifling business. We need to ensure that businesses can work effectively, safely, but also that they're able to get the job done and thrive in our county because our local businesses right now are under a lot of pressure and a lot of uncertainty, and we need to support that. Ikaika Rodenhurst, let's talk a little bit about businesses and the economy because clearly with COVID, the businesses have been drastically affected. And in the Pahoa Village, most especially and the entire Pune district, they've suffered through Azel in 2014 and the lava flow in 2014 and the lava flow in 2018, and now what we're going through with this pandemic. So what specifically do you think needs to be done to help the businesses? And I'd like to mention that, as Matt has mentioned, the county got a whole lot of money in CARES Act, and they are distributing it to businesses Right now, there's $10,000 grants available to businesses that don't have to be paid back. But there's got to be more to get the businesses energetic, revitalized, emotionally, physically. What are your thoughts about that? And specific actions is what I'm looking for. Yeah, you know, we we need to have a culture that encourages businesses in Pahoa and in Pune. One of the big things we need is, is to have reliable access, make sure that our roads are maintained, make sure that we have our mass transit system up to speed. You know, we've been waiting on this tub in our in Pahoa for, for over a year now. And I think it's been irresponsible that it hasn't been put into place. From my understanding, Pahoa wanted that hub right next to there. And that would be beneficial for workers to get to and from work, to get people into the community that can shop at these new stores with Punakai, with Pahoa Village. I mean, the businesses are there and they want to do business. They just need the people to do business with. So what you're saying is that our mass transit needs to be able to have, what, a location in Pune, in Pahoa, where they can bring their buses and people can get on and off and things? Tell us more about that. Yes. Uh, you know, mass transit is is a big aspect of transportation and infrastructure for our communities, especially Pahoa and especially for Pune, where we live in a rural community where not everyone has the luxury of owning a, a car. Some of these these people in our communities, they we rely on mass transit for buses to get to and from work, whether it be Hilo side or even Kona side. And to have reliable transportation that's that's close by, somewhere where nearby where we live that can get easily on and off the road and use that hub and spoke system that we've been talking about for a while and get those big buses in off the highway and those little little buses in where they can fit to get the people to and from work, to and from healthcare, to and from where they need to go. 
Where should that hub be? Where is it planned for? So I know that currently they were looking at various sites. Uh, there was a site near the Pohoa Police and Fire Station. Uh, there was the site across from Pohoa High School, uh, right where the hub used to be. And uh, right up at the, another site that was look, looked at was right next to the park. My understanding is the community was calling for the site where the hub used to be. It's right off the highway. Uh, there seems to be ample room for things. And they did studies on this. Now, I understand there was a little bit of contention that was brought up by the current council member with the council member from District 4, Ashley. And, you know, it just seemed to be um, seemed to be insignificant to the purpose of the project. We need to have uh, a hub that's close by that where the people need it to be, to reach the people of the community. And the community spoke. They wanted it over there. I don't understand why we're still waiting for that to be put in. It's it's unfortunate that our community is being held hostage to what seems to be an insignificant um, squabble. We definitely need to make sure we do have good transportation, no question about that. But there are a lot of businesses in the whole Pune district, really, but certainly Pahoa Village and then the Keaau area are two that are sort of like more business hubs. Pahoa Village having been particularly hard hit. So the question is, you would you actually split that whole Pahoa village with Ashley Kirkowitz, who's District 4. What do you think needs to be done, either you individually or in partnership, to make things happen there, to help the businesses feel revitalized and, and somehow get us back to a little bit of normal business? Yeah, you know, Pune is Pune, no matter how you split it, uh, no matter what side of Pune are you on. And what happens in one side definitely affects the other. So we need a partner, and if elected, I would like to partner with Ashley in addressing how we're going to support businesses in Pohoa and in Puna and overall, because my expertise and my forte is really in transportation. Um, I'm, I'm not as experienced as Ashley in business, and I would something that I would like to collaborate, collaborate with her on and make sure that we do what's right for the business community. Housing is another big issue, and as you know, the 2018 lava flow housing issues have not really been fully solved yet. So what can you tell us about that how are we going to get those people who still have housing issues back to a place where they're able to be functioning parts of our community or functioning members of our community? Yeah, the lava flow really affected housing. I mean, we already have a housing issue with our current homelessness rate and all that. But with access to some of the houses right now, I know we got some lava recovery funds and we're opening up some more highways, getting people access to their homes and their businesses that were cut off from them during the lava flow. And we need to continue doing that. But we also need to help uh, the people that need to be relocated and get them affordable housing and get them into places where they can be part of our community. And that's going to be a big part of District 5. Um, that's where a lot of people have moved out of out of the areas affected by the lava flow. A lot of people still are uncertain how they're, they're able to, to function and, and gain housing. We need to provide that for them. That's tying in with the current county con- construction code that's being uh, discussed at council and making sure that those houses that are built are not only affordable but are safe for the people that live there. Ikaika, you've mentioned that your expertise is perhaps less in business and more in transportation, roads, infrastructure, that kind of thing. During an economic downturn, for example, during the 2008 economic downturn, one of the things that our county was able to do was to get federal funds and state funds to work on projects that put people to work, essentially. And it was sometimes county people who were working, sometimes it was private contractors. 
given your background as an engineer, even though you would not be in the administration, you wouldn't be responsible for implementing things. Tell us how you think your expertise in this area can help inform what happens going forward. It can help make sure that these kind of projects actually happen in the Pune district. Yeah, with this this economic downturn from from COVID, we're going to have a limited amount of funds, and we need to be efficient with those funds, and we need to gain access to state and federal funds to support these jobs and really um, secure funding and ensure these shovel-ready projects go through and make sure that our, our people are employed. Uh, that's something that we need to do and partner with the other council members, with the new administration uh, following this election, and with state highways. State highways, interesting. So you, do you work directly with state highways now? I currently work as a consultant with them, so basically filling in uh, as support for when they need help on their projects specifically. Are there projects right now which are not happening, which could happen if there was a little push to make them happen? Because the Pune District has problems with traffic. I've been on Highway 130 in the morning going from Hawaiian Paradise Park trying to get into Hilo, and some of the traffic can be pretty, gosh, jammed up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's a common misconception that we don't have traffic on Hawaii Island. Some of the other islands, especially Oahu, think that they are king to traffic. And that may be so, but we're no stranger to traffic in Puna. And we need to be efficient with our traffic, make sure our roads are maintained, and they're used to the best of their abilities, and that we're able to, to get traffic flowing and stop it from being jammed up, basically. Uh, there are projects coming up that are going to improve the safety of various intersections and really help traffic flow in and out of Puna as needed. Ikaika, in your work as an engineer, you mentioned that you've worked on projects in the Pune district. Tell us a little bit more about those projects and maybe what you've learned and how that might be helpful for you going forward if you are elected to the Council 5 seat. I've worked on projects in the, the Pune district ranging from the installation of shower drive traffic signal to the roundabout at Pohoa, and I've been involved in other various paving projects in the in the district. What I've learned is, you know, how serious the traffic is in Pune and what safety needs are there, but also the importance of communication from our government agencies to the public on what's going on and how those things are getting done. Uh, some of the conversations I've had in the, in the past with Ed Sniffin about what we can do for Pune and, and what we can do better, especially at the, the county level, is just communicating effectively to the public and to various agencies and making sure we're all on the same page moving forward. Communication is key and it really helps and goes a long way. You mentioned Ed Sniffen and for people who don't know who that is, he's the deputy director of transportation for the state, but he's kind of the one who helps decide what gets done when. And yeah, and as you point out, communication is one of the big issues that really gets people mad if they don't know what's going on. Yeah, it, it's something that's that's frustrating for a lot of people in Puno that they're not aware of what's going on, and that's really the part that hurts them the most. It's not about that projects are getting done. It's just that they weren't communicated too effectively. Ikaika, before we complete our interview today, I wanted to ask you, the county council has committees. Have you thought about which committee you would be probably most effective on, which one you'd want to be on? The first one that comes to mind is uh, public works. 
Okay, well, that does go along with your background as an engineer and building roads and stuff, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really where uh, my bread and butter is. Now, we are at the end of our time together, so Ikaika Rodenhurst, what have I not asked you about? What have we not talked about? What would you like to add so that listeners know who you are as they go in to vote? Yeah, I just want everyone to know, especially in the public of Puna, know that I'm I'm in this because I want to be a leader that brings passion, that brings commitment, and brings hope to the table and integrity to the office of county council member. Uh, our county council member needs to work together with anyone and everyone necessary, uh, the council members, state representatives, our community members, and do what's best for our community. We need to identify the issues at hand, bring solutions to the table, and execute those solutions. And we need bold action, not strongly worded feelings, if we're going to move forward in Puno. I hope that I've earned your vote and I've convinced you that I'm the guy for the job. Okay. I'd just like to remind everybody there were only around 300 votes, actually 305 votes, that separated Matt Kanaeli Kleinfelder, the incumbent, from Ikaika Rodenhurst, the challenger, in the August primary. So your vote in this upcoming general election really does count. And if you have not yet registered to vote and you would like to do so, you may do so online through October 5th at elections.hawaii.com. Or go to the elections office at the Hawaii County Building in Hilo or at West Hawaii Civic Center. Ikaika Rodenhurst, I really appreciate your taking the time to talk. Thank you so much for being here. Aloha. Mahalo. Aloha. And to our listeners, thank you so much for being here. Remember that our election is all by mail and final day to get your ballot in is November 3rd at 7 p.m. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken. Brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.